Good morning, everyone. Welcome. It is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. We are here to praise his name. Will you just lift up your hands and praise the Lord with me this morning? He is good. Here we sing. Wandering to the my voice all on that one, but it's worth it. Oh, he's good. I want to read something to you guys. I was just talking this morning about how difficult it is to play and read, so I'm going to just do that. Okay. Um, so this next song, Haley and Logan and Jen introduced to you guys last week, is not new, new um, at all. In fact, 
COVID stole me from being able to introduce this, and then I don't know why I never did until now. But this is the beautiful gospel story um, from the birth to the resurrection of Jesus. And um, I told the team this morning that uh, the, so we had our uh, women's conference this weekend at Victory, and just such good teaching and rich richness from the word of God. And so I love this passage. And part of the song talks about this. This is from Hebrews 12 too, um, when it's talking about us looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And it was for, do you guys remember? It was for the what set before him? It was for the joy, for the joy set before him. It is truly an upside down kingdom. Um, and this, the, the words we're going to sing, you know, it says that he didn't despise the cross. Um, and, and that's what that is, that it was the joy that was set before him, that he endured the cross. Um, so, Jesus, we're going to sing this to you. And we're going to remember how you came. We're going to remember and say um, what you have done for us. And um, we're just going to praise you because you are our worthy King of kings and Lord of lords. So we love you this morning, God. We just look to you. No! 
just praise you forever for who you are and what you've done and how what you've done can sustain us through what you haven't done yet. For, for a world of people 2,000 years ago that was waiting for you to come through for them. And to a world full of people who are, are living in that tension for what's already happened and for what hasn't happened yet. We praise you this morning, God. You are faithful. You are true. Good morning. Glad to be here. I got to be involved with the women's conference on a technicality because I can drum and I have long hair. So I'm not all the way here this morning, but I did a lot of like blending in from the back where, oh, you can be seated. Sorry. You guys sit down. But, um, but man, it's good to be here this morning. Enjoy getting to, to see everybody. Um, Shout out, we've got um, a couple from Central here this morning. We've got Faith and Colton Coffee. Uh, we've yeah! been good friends of mine for a long time. I'm really enjoying having them here with us. Um, man, it's just good to be here this morning. Um, as we move uh, away from our time of musical worship and into our time of uh, giving worship, um, I would just remind you of that, that our, our tithe and our gift, our offering, uh, is an extension of our worship. It's an extension of our faith, that the things that we can sing out in faith, even when they're not necessarily true in the facts of our lives, we extend that same kind of faith when we're giving, um, that when things in the checkbook aren't lining up, things in, the, you know, in our Excel spreadsheet that our budget lives on, aren't lining up we know that that's a place that we sow our faith just like in our musical worship here that's a place where we sow our faith until God comes through for us and similarly it's our our financial worship our, our tithes our offerings isn't about the ways that God comes through for us it's about us being faithful in the ways that he's already come through for us um at our women's conference this weekend, um, uh, Danny, she was part of our, our worship team, and she also was uh, part of the stage team there that led those transition moments. But she talked about a story that uh, when Pastor Dwayne was talking about our tithes and our offerings, um, it's, it's important to kind of get, uh, get the facts right, that God doesn't need your money you know, God is not requiring us to give to him because he's got to make payroll or something like that. We need your money. <laughs> we, we are the hands and feet of Jesus. And when you give to the house, it doesn't ever stay in the house. It goes to our community. We're, you know, we're part of an awesome ministerial alliance here that the Big C Church is very active in Chandler in Lincoln County that we're not in competition with each other. You know, we, we create spaces so that anyone can come to Jesus in any way that they feel comfortable, and we have teamed up that way. Um, and so we, we give to that ministerial alliance. There are ways that we outreach. People who don't even go to our church, that Jesus is moving outside of the walls because of your generosity, because of your faithfulness. And so we've got our buckets here. We've got our beautiful green buckets or uh, coffer boxes at the back uh, of this room. And then on your way out, there's another one there if you miss it. Um, we've got the app. Buckets, green boxes online. Yep, we got it all. So I'm going to bless our offering. Uh, just begin to ponder in your heart how God would lead you to give um, and uh you know, just begin to see ways that Jesus is already uh, moving through your faith and your generosity. Lord, we love you. And we're thankful for 
uh, the ultimate sacrifice that you made for us. And that these small sacrifices of praise, these small sacrifices of faith are just a picture of the example that you've already set for us. Pray that you bless this offering, that you multiply it supernaturally, and that we're able to accomplish the work of Jesus in Chandler and in Lincoln County and in Stillwater and in Brownwood and every place where we have roots, that we are life to the people around us. We love you, Lord. We're so thankful. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And the buckets, these, the offering buckets will be here till the end of the service. Um, We're going to do a third song at the end today. So just be aware that they'll be here today. Pam, you have some announcements. I just want to say welcome to church. If you are here for the first time and would like to give us some information, we'd love to have it about you. I don't see anybody that hasn't been here before, though. So we're all home folks today. Um, I wanted to just share a little bit about um, the women's conference. Um, And it would take too long to, like, share everything that I would love to share. But one something very personal that uh, a revelation to me was that I am... I feel like this is also a public confession because I I want to be held accountable to it, is that I've been too much of a Martha and not enough of a Mary. Because there's things I want to see God do and there's things I want to, places I want to go with Him and words I'd love to speak of His, but I've got to sit at His feet to find out what that is. And so um, that was that was my takeaway from the weekend. Um, and I'm trying to think, what have we got going on? <laughs> I just blanked out completely. Um, we have Holy Week in March. It yeah, it'll, it's just around the corner. Our church, um, our community, does a community wide Holy Week every year. Um, I'll, obviously the week before Easter and um, it's a 12 o'clock noonday service and it's a brief service and the lunch afterwards so if you work you can come and get back to work in time but our church is serving with the Catholic Church um, on Wednesday Steve will be bringing the message and we will be serving lunch and I've uh, included the sign up on our flow page so we are providing sandwiches and chips and so you can look on there and see what we're supposed to bring so anyway um take a break and we'll see you back here in just a minute um i wanted to just say something about colton and faith colton and faith coffee um how could you not love somebody that their last name's coffee (laughs) i mean really i mean we have known them for a long time, since they were teenagers, and they still look like teenagers, both of them, but um, I hate them. Um, but they are they're awesome. They've been involved in the ministry. Their families have, and uh, we're just excited to have them do whatever it is they're going to do. They're, they're, uh, they become a part of a kind of a support ministry for all the different campuses that we have, and we're excited that we get to have them for kind of... Uh, the beginning and so we're gonna like uh, uh, break some ground and and hack out some bushes and and move in a direction amen can we do that colton all right um yeah they're gonna be here every sunday for for a little while and we're we're gonna enjoy um having them involved in a lot of things um so as as the worship has progressed this morning, um, I've been thinking about a lot of things. Pam talked about how the she was impacted by the ladies, uh, the women's conference, uh, and uh, how God's just spoken to her about being more intimate. Um, isn't it awesome that we can even aspire to that? 
aspire to intimacy with God. Because if you go back, if you go back in the first half of the book, all this Old Testament part, they didn't get that. They didn't get to have that. Not since Adam and Eve, when they walked with God in the cool of the day, did anyone even have, not could they just wish for intimacy with God. It didn't exist. There wasn't a thing, no mechanism. It couldn't happen. Sorry, Logan. Um, as we... As we move from Christmas time to Easter time, it's only a few months for us, but in God's plan of how he did things, there was 33 years involved there, right? That from the birth of Jesus, which is the beginning of a whole new way of doing things, till the cross. There's 33 years, and there's only, what, three and a half months for us. So, in my mind, it does some weird things. I've got to keep in mind that a lot happens in between there. Because it's easy for us to think, well, we just did Advent, and we talked about the light coming and the darkness before, and the hope that was in Jesus. Uh, only it didn't all, just, it wasn't just a baby. All the progression of things that lead up to the cross is, is important. Everything works together for us to have the relationship with God that we have. So, last week we talked about the necessity of coming to some decision regarding who Jesus is. And that's not... I think it's easy for us to not make that decision just because we're talking about Jesus all the time. You know, once a week we, we talk about Jesus and impact and all those things. But in order for it, who Jesus is to have an impact on us, we really got to figure out who he is. We sang that song, Praise Forever to the King of Kings, this morning. If we don't realize that he truly is the king of kings and not just some metaphor, not some philosophical idea of Jesus being king, but if we don't come to the place where we recognize that there's an authority, there's a, a, um, there's a, a power that's involved in recognition of Jesus as king, then it, it can't have the impact of, in our lives that it needs to have. For us to be able to be Jesus in the community that we live in. You hear me? Okay. I mean because, and I mentioned it last week, many have some kind of generally positive regard for Jesus. Even the Muslims, and I talked about that last week and I saw some eyebrows go down. And I'm not, I'm not mixing it all together, but even... Even people who don't love Jesus like we love Jesus, revere him, get, offer him some respect in, in certain ways. But we, and I don't know that we go much above that sometimes. And I really want to challenge you. Do you love Jesus more than, the, than Muslims love Jesus? Or respect him? Or recognize some kind of vague authority in our lives? And we talked about him being king, Messiah, Christ. Remember what savior means? It's, it's the one who saves. And so we called it saver instead of savior. Um, and I ask you that question. Who is Jesus? Is he Lord, king, savior, friend, what? And then what are you going to do with that? That's what we ended with last week. So we start this week um, in the book of Mark. We... Uh, we mentioned Mark 1, 1 where, uh, last week where Mark, in the very, very first verse of his gospel, attributes kingship to Jesus um, and that he's the Son of God. Next two verses are quotes from the Old Testament and I want to look at those right now. Those two verses about who Jesus was that Mark borrowed from the Old Testament and from Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, which is 
It's a big one in here. It's like 60 chapters or something. Um, and then a little book, one of the pro- minor prophets, uh, Micah. And so the, the first one is Isaiah. The second one is Micah. Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. That's, that's the first verse. My messenger before you, who will prepare a way for you. And then the second is the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And when we say the Lord, uh, Jesus' disciples called him Lord. But, when, but that word right there is capital L, uppercase O-R-D. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. And whenever you see that, Lord written that way, it, when the Jews saw that written in Scripture, they, they said the word Adonai because they would not say God's name. Coincidentally, nobody knows what all those other, the letters are because there's only three letters, Y-H-W-H, the transliterated English letters. Um, I'm not going to say what the Hebrew ones are, but there's, there's vowels in between that the Jews just knew what the vowels were. How many of you have ever seen that thing that says, if you can read this, only all the vowels, vowels are taken out? Raise your hand if you've ever seen that. If you can read this, whatever. That's the way Hebrew was. And everybody knew what the vowels were. The funny thing is, though, they never said God's name. And so nobody knows what the vowels are in between Y-H and W-H. So some of us say Jehovah. Some of us say Yahweh. Some of us say Yahweh. But the point is, that's, that's the God's name. And so when it says, prepare the way of Yahweh... Make his path straight. And it's referring to this Elijah person, Elijah type person, who we mentioned last week was John the Baptist. All that set in motion 700 years earlier when Isaiah says what's going to happen. And nowhere, we always talk about prophecy having an immediate fulfillment and a future fulfillment and you, and often that's true but in here it does there's no intermediate fulfillment there was no person in history that that was the voice of one crying in the wilderness the same way that John the Baptist was some it's totally new okay so i want to i'm going to read from Isaiah that passage that that refers to that it says Isaiah chapter 40 starting with verse 3 The voice of one crying in the wilderness. And here's what the voice cries. Prepare the way of Yahweh. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, exalted. And every mountain and hill be brought low. And crooked places shall be made straight. And the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. The glory of Yahweh, the glory, that's important. The glory of Yahweh will be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. No one had ever seen the glory of the Lord, all people all together, ever before. In all of this Old Testament stuff, nobody's ever seen the glory of God before. Moses, sorry, Moses saw saw the glory of God from the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle. And the other people saw the glory of God because it was a... It was a pillar of fire and a pillar of smoke. And when God came down and talked to Moses, the smoke filled the temple or it filled the tabernacle. But, and it would run all the priests out. The glory would run the priests out. So nobody's seen it all together before the people would stay far away at their tents. They didn't see it like other people saw it. So this, what, this glory being revealed and all flesh seeing it together is something totally new. But it's a picture of temple. In the, in the Old Testament, it was 
there's tabernacle, until Solomon builds the temple. Y'all ever seen pictures of that thing? It's like 40 feet high, and it's up on top of a mountain. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's just huge, huge. White stone, um, gold on it. That's the presence of God. And the, the tabernacle and the, and the temple represented the presence of God. And His glory would fill the tabernacle and the temple. Like it had never been done before. So turn in your Bibles to Mark. And because we're going to go, we're going to read on. So John the Baptist is out in the wilderness. He's been preaching for years about one who was coming. Um, let me read. I, I'm going to, Courtney, just hold on with verse 9 because I'm going to read a little bit more. Right after it talks about the one wandering in the wilderness, messenger. It says in verse 4, John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Then all the land of Judea and those from Jerusalem went out to him and were all baptized by him in the Jordan River confessing, confessing their sin. So that was, what, that, was the gospel, that was the message that not the gospel. That was a message that John was repeat, uh, was preaching. Thank you. It was, and it was repent. Repent. Uh, turn, which is turn around. Do something different. And um, the people went from Jerusalem. So they walked several miles in, into the uh, Transjordan. And on the other side of the Jordan. And they would be baptized by him. It says, now John was clothed with camel's hair and with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. Interesting person. And he preached, saying, there comes... Here's, and this is part of the message he preached. There comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to stoop down and loose. Like, I'm not even worthy to tie his shoes. And all these people are following John. John has an opportunity here. He can really build up a church, right? But he's referring to somebody else. Somebody's going to come along, and you may think that I'm something, but there's one coming whose shoe I'm not, willing, I'm not worthy to tie. I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit is representative of the presence of God that, that they don't know. They don't have access to that. In verse 9, Jesus enters the scene. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee. So all these other people are coming from the southern area of Israel. But Jesus lives way up in the north on the other side of Samaria. Up north of the Sea of Galilee in Nazareth. And he's, and he's preaching around there. And he comes down to, or he's developing his disciples and teaching them. So Jesus comes from up north all the way down and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And we're all familiar with his story. But I want to call something to your attention this morning. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven saying, You are my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. You are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The very first verse of Mark establishes Jesus as son. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God. 
And then he goes on with those words from the prophets that represent Jesus in a way that goes way beyond son. Picture this. Jesus is being baptized. And it says, he saw the heavens parting and the spirit descending upon him like a dove. The spirit descending is such like it hasn't before. Whole, whole new thing. Paul calls Jesus the firstborn among many siblings that, that we're a part of. But Jesus is the firstborn. Nobody's ever been born like Jesus before. He's the very first of a new kind of person because of the Holy Spirit. Is anyone else hot right now? Okay, I'll try to not think about it. I want to focus on the he saw the heavens parting and the spirit descending. Did we get that picture of heaven and earth? Did we get that to work? Yeah, that right there. Okay, heaven and earth. Pastor Jacob preached a, a series on this um, several, up uh, two years ago, something like that. Heaven meeting earth. That God's plan... From the very beginning is for is to bring heaven to earth. And the Garden of Eden was some small type of that. Because Adam and Eve walk with God in the cool of the day. There is a blending kind of of heaven and earth in a very kind of organic way. But in Jesus, this is what happens. Jesus is that white part in the middle right there where heaven meets earth. It's God's plan still to bring heaven and earth together. And how does he do it? Okay. I want to focus. Okay, so if it's God's, I've said okay about ten times. uh, If it's God's plan to bring heaven and earth together, I submit to you that he does it right here. In a way that's different from ever before. Focus on the words right here. He saw the heavens parting. The word parting right there. And I talk about Greek words now and then. I don't try to do it too much because a lot of it is meaningless. But when a a word has some kind of meaning to us. I, I want us to know what it is. That Greek word right there is schizo. Schizo. Have you ever heard of that in an English word before? Schizophrenic, schizophrenic, S-C-H-I-Z-O. That's how you'd transliterate it from the Greek. Which which back in the early 1900s and when they were trying to figure out mental illness, they, they called it schizophrenia, which means split mind. And... They didn't understand about that it wasn't a fragmented mind. And, and I'm not sure. We, I don't think we still. I still don't think we understand it. But the idea of schizo. It's used in Mark two times. It's used uh, two times in the other gospels. Uh, a third time when Jesus is telling the story. About the old wine and new wineskins. And, and patching an old Patching new cloth, no, patching an old garment with new cloth. And when you put that on there, it makes it, he said, it rents the, it rents the old one and makes it unuseful. That word rent is schizo again. And I submit to you, and there's another one in uh, one of Paul's letters. And he talks about the people uh, being divided. And it was the, the scribes. And the, these new Christians, uh, they were divided. Everywhere in the New Testament that that word is used, it's used to talk about a division, a parting, a tearing apart, something that comes apart in a way that it can never go back together. It's a permanent splitting. It's the same word that's used when it says, 
when Jesus is on the cross and the end of everything and what the, the curtain, the veil in the temple is torn from top to bottom. I, I mean, you might picture that as being something like one of your curtains at home. You know, it's torn apart. The, the veil and the, the curtain in the temple took a team of mules to pull the curtain apart. It was gigantic. It was huge, tall from top to bottom. Almost impossible to be torn. But it used that word schizo when it says it's torn apart. A word that, me, that can't ever go back together. So when the heavens part here and the Holy Spirit comes down, it's parted in such a way that it can never go back together. God, is, God accomplishes bringing heaven and earth together in such a way that it doesn't ever go back. Praise God. It doesn't ever go back. For us, it never goes back. The presence of the Holy Spirit in us can't be taken away. Our heaven and earth coming together is permanent. And why? Because we have a job to do. God wants us to continue bringing heaven to earth. And as the body of Christ, the Holy Spirit in us, we're supposed to carry heaven everywhere we go. And I want you to just think about it. Are there people that you've known that when they went from place to place, they spread heaven around when they went? I don't know if you have... Any of you ever noticed Carol's license plate? It says open heaven. That's, uh, that's what her license plate is. Um, Kenny Hurd used to bless people everywhere he went. Um, he took heaven wherever he went. And the picture that her license plate is referring to is this right here. When Jesus is baptized, heaven opens up in a way that can never be undone and the Spirit comes down. We're also God's beloved children. And we have the same job that Jesus had. Bring it heaven and earth together. And people all around you every day need what the world needed in Jesus' day. It was for heaven to be spread around. That's our job as the body of Christ in the world today. To bring heaven everywhere we go. And as we recognize the power of Jesus to accomplish that as anointed king, as anointed king like other kings in the Old Testament were, the promise made to David's offspring, offspring forever through Jesus, and we're the fulfillment of that as his church. Pray with me, if you will, and we're gonna. The worship team's gonna come, and we're gonna. We're gonna sing one last song. Praise forever to the King of Kings. Who is Jesus to you? What are you gonna do with that? And what are you gonna do with the Holy Spirit? Many of us keep it under a bushel. We keep the light that comes from that. We keep the change that comes from that. We keep it a secret. So I want, you, I want to invite you this morning to recommit yourself to letting the love of Jesus shine everywhere you go.
letting the light, that light, letting His love impact the relationships that you're involved in every single day. And so I just want you to worship Him this morning. It's hard for me to have a dry eye even when, when I really grasp who Jesus is, what He's done. I just want you to have an encounter with God. Just worship Him. Recognize His worth for what He's done. Jesus, um, we want to encounter you not just because of like a feeling, because of what you have called us to do, like Pastor Steve said, to bring heaven to earth. God, would this be a time that we would encounter your presence so that we would be led to bring your love to those around us. Jesus Christ, 
needing to be more of a Mary. And she's referring to the, uh, when Jesus was in, in a house where Lazarus lived with his two sisters, Mary and Martha. And Martha was busy taking care of everybody. And Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet, soaking up every word that he had to say. And Martha said, you need to, you need to tell her to get busy. And Jesus said, no, she's, she's chosen She's choosing what's important. It, it didn't mean that there, there wasn't a place for people who serve, but there's a place in all our lives where we need to just soak up what Jesus is saying. And I just wonder if anybody else has a testimony about that. If anyone else has, it, it, God's moved in such a way that you feel like you're in, in some new place in your life, or some, God's calling you up to something more. I remember you being a teenager realizing God was calling me up to something more. And it was in the late 60s, early 70s when, when the Jesus movement was happening. And it was happening for a lot of us. God was calling us up to something more. Anybody? Got a word? I know that. I knew Yvonne wouldn't fail me. The thought came to me this morning, we need a breakthrough, not a penetration. We need a breakthrough, not just a penetration. 
And I think that's where we've been. We've just been going so far and coming back, going so far and coming back. Isaiah 61 says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You got dressed this morning. You put on clothes before you came to church. Well, it's the same way we've got to make a decision to put on the garment of praise. Because if we don't, we're with thanksgiving, he said, come into his courts. With praise, with thanksgiving, come in into his courts with praise. And only you can go into the holies of holies. Pastor can't take you in. Julia can't take you in. Only you can take you in to the holies of holies where you really intimately worship the Lord and know him in the fullness of salvation. That's one of my thoughts is, Lord, I want to know you in the fullness of your salvation. I thought a while ago, the the 24 elders that go around the throne constantly, I want to be in that present place that present place with them praising and worshiping the Lord. I know no one has seen the Lord like we think about seeing Him, but we I've seen Him in the Word. Sure. I haven't had visions. I haven't had encounters in that respect or dreams, but I have seen Him in the Word, and He is the greater one. He's my elder brother. <laughs> I thought a while ago when you asked Who is he to you? He's my elder brother. Because there's times that I needed, I just had little brothers, but I needed an elder brother. (laughs) Because he is my elder brother. But you've got to make the decision to come into that place. Surrender. And sometimes that's a hard word, to surrender. But we need to surrender our everything, our all in all to him. Make a decision, that's something too. Uh, it, it's not like just a progression like you grow up There's, there are places in our Christian life where we make decisions for things to happen anybody else um, this isn't really anything for me it's more of a response to something my mom said. I'm going to try not to cry while I say it because that'd be funky. But um, the, the first really half of my life was spent in a small church community like this. And there's a, there's a sweetness to that. And then the second half of my life was spent in a much larger church community and there's something cool about that and when you go from a small church community to a large church community to a small church community again there can sometimes feel like there's a thing that you've lost and I love the community that we have here and there's such a sweetness to it especially when I can jump between here and Stillwater which is a larger body there's something more intimate and more personal most of the people in this room I've sat at a table with you. I know your name. I know your ki- I've kept your feral children. Like, it's a, <laughs> there's a sweetness to that. But here in this house specifically, you know, COVID happened. And that's been this big, like, looming beast <laughs> over us. And um, we had several people just fall away after COVID and, um, then we had the opportunity to send our, our core from Stillwater to launch that campus. Um, and there have been tensions to manage after that. That's one of Will's favorite little catchphrases that we have is not problems to solve, but they're tensions to manage. And um, tensions like when I said this morning that God doesn't need your money, we need your money. It's a, there are like real needs for the building and real contributions that we need to make to our community that have been cut really close. And I know some of the Martha-ing that my mom has been doing has been trying to manage some of that tension. And there have been moments where you're pulling this thing with your teeth
And I pray that when you get met with a word like you've been being a Martha, that you don't feel condemnation for it because we've needed it. There have been times where the tension is, is hard for the rest of us to manage and you're the only one pulling this thing. And so you've been what we needed and there's things that would have fallen through if you hadn't been that Martha. And I'm faithful and I'm thankful that we're entering a season where maybe you get to be Mary a little bit more and you get to eat the fruit of that Martha season. That was awesome. Um, I don't know if some of y'all, or I hope that most of y'all are on our Facebook page. Um, I had put a comment on there about what our church did for my work on Thursday. It was amazing. Just one small gesture that our church did. Um, I work for Sack and Fox uh, Police Department in the courts. And um, we had a training, it was really small training, nothing, nothing huge. But um, as long as uh, we've been there, or I've been there uh, three and a half years, um, we've never had a church come through and just donate lunch. And um, I failed. <laughs> I was supposed to get that done uh, just to make, make lunch arrangements for our training. And I had... It, it was the last minute, and I totally forgot, and so I reached out to Pam, and it was, Pam was like, sure, Pastor Steve was like, whatever you need, just just do it, and so um, they provided our lunch for our training on Thursday, and um, our chief is not a believer. He is the total opposite, and, um, you know, not to give too much of his information or personal life, but he just doesn't believe in God, and he chases after the spirit world of Satan. And um, I, everybody was just so thankful for the food and the generosity of our church. And, and Pam had provided some little cards and stuff, and I laid them on the table. And they were all looking at it, especially our chief. And he was like, man, this is awesome that your church would do something like this. I'm just, I'm really touched. And so... After training was over, I was in my office, and he had forwarded me an email and said, would you send this to your church? And I was reading it, and I was like, wow. This man, he, he goes and tries to conjure up spirits, and he talks about it all the time. In the email that he sent, just talked about how this church just touched him and his spirit and that he just could not believe the generosity and Pam could probably tell more of the email but it was just it was amazing if I could I would send it to all y'all to read but man we're doing a work in this community and it is going it's not going unnoticed and I just wanted to say thanks to our church family that we are available to reach out to our community you never know who you're reaching and we touched God touched him through this church. And like I said, he doesn't believe in God, but I was able to invite him to come to church here. And him and his wife want to come here. And I know that God can change his life. Yes. Amen. Amen. That's, uh, that's the New Testament business right there. Um, I'm, Mark's the first miracle that Jesus performs in the book of Mark is, I mean, the wedding at Cana of Galilee is in Matthew, but in Mark, the first, uh, the first miracle he mentions is casting a demon out from, from a guy that's in the synagogue. And we, we have, we're supposed to do that. <laughs> we're, we're supposed to make that kind of difference in people's lives. I mean, flip it completely upside down. And with a little bit of seed planted by way of some pizzas and drinks, we have the opportunity for that. Um, and that's us being the church. Amen. All right. Um, bow with me.
and we're going to be dismissed after this. But God, as we yield to you and to your Holy Spirit and become more like Jesus every day such that in the places that we walk, Jesus is spread out everywhere we go. That heaven meets earth because of where we walk. Because Jesus is in us so, manifesting your spirit through us. Help us to be that kind of blessing as we go from this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all love somebody this week.